Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. You know the difference between hockey and those other sports? You gotta be tough to be a hockey I idolized Dominic Kaczyk. I played goalie because of Dominic Kaczyk. My life in hockey has been started because of Sabres hockey. I didn't need playoffs this year. I wanted it, but I didn't need it. But when you screw up for the fans as much as the team has over the last, like, five years, and just don't hold yourself accountable, I'm sorry. I'll hang up and listen. I'm sorry. Welcome to Two Goalies, One Mike, an in-depth look and behind-the-mask conversation about the greatest game on earth, where everything goes and nothing's off-limits. Now I'll tell you something about this guy. This is only three minutes, eh? Whammo! Woo! Welcome to I'll Hang Up and Listen. I am Dwayne, the host of Two Goalies, One Mike, here joining you for your fifth celebratory post game in a row fifth win in a row for the buffalo sabers this time over the winnipeg jets three to two a lot to talk about a lot to cover uh eric Comrie returning uh to the w column uh and good for him you know i said it you know there's been a lot of doubters about eric Comrie over the last few weeks especially with the emergence and just this resurgence of uh you know of upl and I've always had faith in Eric Comrie because I mean, you just don't have the numbers he had last year by an accident. Um, and I just always felt that he had a good start to the year. And then once that Samuelson, Labushkin, those Yoki Haru's injuries happened and we were playing with three AHL level defensemen, a couple of them playing 20 minutes a night, um, your goaltending suffered. And that includes UPL. That's why, you know, as great as he's been, you know, the, the wins he's been, he's been stacking, if you look at his numbers, those are still uh, a result of that time period where this team struggled a lot uh, defensively, and their goal their goalie suffered for it. Everybody apparently suffered for Craig Anderson. Uh, but with that being said, good for him. Uh, didn't have a ton of shots, but made timely saves, big saves when it mattered, uh, and you know, good for him, especially against his old team, revenge game. Uh, you know. Obviously, you can't blame a team for choosing Connor Hellebuck over you. Uh, again, as good of numbers as he had last season, it is Connor Hellebuck. He's probably the best, if not the second best goal in the world, probably behind uh, Vasilevsky. Um, unbelievable world-class goaltender. So, uh, good call. couple of clicks for him. Good for him. Uh, and I've always said that the, true, the truth about a player is told when they're faced with adversity and internal competition brings out success. And, you know, when faced with that adversity, when backed into a corner and a game where he had to perform, right, you have to perform. You have two very capable goaltenders in front of you and Craig Anderson and UPL who have been performing very, very well. Um, you had to play well. And he did. He went out there and played well. So good for him. Super happy for him. Uh, you know, and I wish they would have really get the shutout for him, but, wasn't you know wasn't wasn't uh meant to be tonight for uh, 
for Comrie in that in that respect. But uh, another phenomenal performance by your top line. Uh, that goal by Tage Thompson, the tic-tac-toe between him, Tuck, and Skinner was the highlight reel. And I've been saying that for a while now. I think they're the best line in hockey right now. Hands down, bar none. I think they're the best line in hockey, most dominant line in hockey. And, you know, this Tage is just going to keep getting better. Um, he's such a bear on the puck. It's the only way to explain it. Like, I was talking to – I forget who I was talking to today about it. But when he has the puck – um, you just know, you just know something positive is about to happen. The way he protects the puck, the way he's finally over the last year and a half learned how big he has grown into his body and knows how to use his size and his reach and his leverage to his advantage. And that's what he does every single night. And you're not even surprised when you see these plays anymore, uh, from him in that line. You just, it's expected at this point. Um, so another phenomenal performance. Owen Power with his third goal in three games. I guess that was some record in, Sab- in Sabres franchise history. He's the only rookie defenseman to ever three-game goal streak. Uh, so that, that's cool. Um, you know, awesome to have that type of accolade, like that feather in your cap. Uh, and Victor Olsson continuing this rampage he's been on, this war path he's been on. Uh, I've been asking for a while, you know, amongst friends to – to get them both on that power play unit, that first unit, him and Tage Thompson, because, you know, you know, as, as often as Tage is able to get that shot off and score there, um, you want to find ways, find more ways to give him that puck in that spot with that cannon of his. And the best way to do that is to make the penalty kill respect both sides. And that's also going to open things up in the middle, right? When you spread things out, you're going to open up spots in the middle, make it more soft in the middle when they play that box on the five on four. So, you know, when you make them respect both sides, not only are you going to free up Tage more, but it's going to free up the middle of that ice for more for second opportunities, much like kind of what happened there on that goal. You know what I mean? Like you, you have, you have players spread out trying to respect both sides. That rebound pops out. Olsen just happens to be there in between both face-off circles, hammers at home. He, I, I'm just, I hope we get to see more of that, but I also want, uh, you know, obviously Dylan Cousins to be back. It was a scary looking injury. Uh, I don't know if we've got any updates on that yet. You know, you see skies get hit uh, in the head. You know, we see actually there is an update right now on Cousins from Lance Lyasowski. Don Granado said Dylan Cousins would have been good to return for the Sabres if there was more time on the clock. Matias Samuelson has a chance to play Saturday. Granado love Clegg's game night. Yeah, I mean, you know, Clegg, he hasn't been terrible when he's in the, in the lineup and, you know, I wish I could, you know, express it in a better way. Um, you know, in his time when he did play with Owen power, I felt safer with that pairing than I have with Owen power and Yoki Haru because I just think of Yoki Haru is a very soft defenseman in his own end, undersized, uh, easy to knock off pucks. And just, you know, I, I feel like almost like Rasmus was the line and rubbed off on him way too often, too much and often. Uh, and you know, when they played together, you know, here in Buffalo. So I, uh, I, I like the idea of maybe seeing Clegg back with power, but I don't think we'll get that. Uh, especially if Samuelson is back in the lineup on Saturday, but, um, it looks like we'll have Dylan cousins back for Saturday as well. Um, again, happy about that. How can you not be? He's been one of the most productive players in this lineup. On pace, uh, already, you know, I think he's already at career highs, but on pace for, you know, 30 goals this season. Um, 
and he's in store for a huge payday. So, you know, with that being said, um, again, happy to see him that, you know, he's going to be okay. Uh, and thank you for Lance for getting that information out right away from Don Granado. Um, and they go, they go to uh, Minnesota on, on, on Saturday, a tough Minnesota team, a very physical Minnesota team, you know, and one of the things I did notice tonight when they were pinned in their own end is they got themselves in a little bit of trouble a couple times tonight when they were getting outmatched physically, getting knocked off pucks. And that's how Winnipeg started creating some chances and Comrie had to come up with a couple big saves due to that. Um, you know, and Minnesota was a much more physical team. So hopefully you kind of fix those, you know, fix those areas of your game in your own end. Cause you don't want to, you know, give away pucks because you're getting rubbed off the puck on the boards. You know, we're not, we're not a big team, you know, we're a smaller young team, but uh, you know, you know, where we benefit is with our speed and our, in our transition up and down the ice, you know, where we kind of take the physical side away from other teams. But when we get hemmed in our own end and, you know, a team is playing physical, much like a couple times tonight for Winnipeg, that's what scares me a little bit. And hopefully that doesn't happen against Minnesota on Saturday. Um, got some comments here in the peanut gallery. Let's bring them out right now. Uh, Will McBillis, he said he'd be here and he is here. Thank God I couldn't listen to P <laughs> couldn't listen to P Ham much longer. Uh, I appreciate you hopping on with us, bud. Uh, welcome to the program. Welcome to uh, I'll hang up and listen. Happy to have you on board. Uh, two points back with the Pens now. One point close to the playoffs. I do know the Penguins got a loser point tonight, and so they did gain a point on the Penguins tonight. I'm assuming uh, that, you know that puts them two two points behind. And I think that the, the Sabers are the hottest team in the NHL right now. I mean, how can you not? You know, love watching this hockey team and everything they're capable of. Uh, awesome game, dominated by Buffalo. Fifty-three minutes, a little sloppy towards the end. That's you know, again, that's where at one point at the end of the second period, and again the third period, where you're getting outmatched physically, and it resulted in turnovers, and it resulted in a little bit of sloppy pit play, and that's going to come with a small team. Um, you know, that hurt. You know, when you got when you have guys like Samuelson on the lineup, and again, you, you lost. Dylan Cousins there in the game. That's, you know, kind of where you kind of give up that physicality part of your game. Um, you know, and, you know, that's where you, know, you see like see guys like Labushkin step up too um, defensively. And on that one goal too, like he was taking his man in front. Again, it's a six on five situation for three minutes. Uh, so I can't, you can't expect guys to have eyes in the back of their head. They're, you know, essentially a power play. Um, and, uh, you know, I would just like to see some more physicality of Ilya Labushkin, you know, much like we used to see in the start of the season. I don't know if he is kind of playing through a nagging injury. I don't know. But, you know, when when teams are starting to bully you a little bit physically, I'd like to see guys like him step up a little bit more. Um, more comments here from Paramat Pictures. Clegg actually played very – he did play very well. Even Yoki Haru didn't play that bad. Yeah, again, I wasn't hating on Yoki Haru that much tonight, you know, as I have in the past couple of weeks. The last five minutes, of course, they just had to make things interesting for everyone. Yeah, and again, um, you give you lose the shutout there on, of course, from Nate Schmidt, the guy who injured Cousins. Great shot, uh, top of the top of the circle, uh, and then um, you know they pull a goalie for three minutes. They got another one. I mean, it's going to happen. You know, you know it, it's you know that's those are you know when you pull your goalie like that that deep into it and you're you're able to maintain possession in the offensive zone work the puck the way they were uh and i think in that one goal i think that the, the line that was out there was pretty dog tired they were out there for a little bit so um you know it's gonna happen 
but you know, they were resilient. They protected that three goal lead and they came out of this with a W uh, back to William uh, McBillis. Will McBillis power might drive to play better than Darlene, which is nuts. I don't know about that, but power is really starting to come into his own, um, you know, and you know, you see yeah, how he likes to likes to go to the net a lot as well. Um, wait till he starts doing it a lot more, much like he did at Michigan. Because when he, if you watched him play at Michigan, that guy was a force to be dealt with in front of opposing goaltenders because he was not afraid to drive to the net. And once he starts doing that more, I'm telling you guys, he is going to be a force to be reckoned with because he, when he's playing with swagger, he's almost unstoppable. And it's so cool to know that we're going to have both of those guys for the next 10 years. That is outstanding. Outstanding. Well, you would expect to have them for the next 10 years. It's almost unfair. Um, Olsen and Tage on the first power play unit was unfair. That was a goal coming all the way. Yeah, absolutely. Again, you, when you have two shots, two cannons like that on your power play, you have to respect both sides. It's going to free up Tage. Eventually, it's going to free him up for that shot. Or you're going to free up the middle of that ice. Because, I mean, yeah, you want to you know, be able to get more, more pucks on Olsen's stick. But in reality of it, you know, in, in my mind, that's that, that's a move you make to free up Tage Thompson more because then they can't float to that side as much as they'd like because, well, we have another guy over there who can really let it rip. So we have to respect him over there. And then when you stretch that out, it frees things up in the middle. So um, exactly. That's why I love that move. And it's nothing against Dylan Cousins. That power play has been fine with Dylan there. But I just think with the potential of having both those shots on each side, I, I hope we see more of that. I really, really do. Um, Will McBillis. Uh, Will McBillis. I'm calling him Will McBillis. Uh, the boys got real cheeky at the end there. It was Skinner trying to feed Tage the empty netter. Yeah, I mean, you're trying. You, I mean, that that group, that line out there. You know, Skinner, Tage. You know, they're all. They're like. You know. I almost like want to complete like like compare them to the Coneheads from the movie Miracle. Remember that scene where in the locker room it was like he I find him, he pass, I shoot, I score. Like it's literally what it feels like with them three out there. The cone headline uh from the movie Miracle or the actual Miracle on Ice team. It really feels like that's what you're dealing with when those three are out there together. Uh 100%. Um I hate to say it, but Olsen may need to be moved up and Paterka down. That would make that second line a lot more lethal. Um, I would say, and I thought this during the game too, that second line of Cousins, Paterka, and Quinn, it's inconsistent. You know, you're always going to get what you get out of Dylan Cousins, but those two, Dylan, you know, Quinn and Paterka, they're inconsistent. They're rookies. They're, they're going to come into their own. They're going to have str- periods where they struggle. But absolutely um, – Oh, excuse me. I wouldn't even mind them seeing, you know, I know Dylan Cousins and Peyton Krebs played together. I'm pretty sure they have played together in the past before, you know, they were both drafted by Buffalo back in junior hockey. So I wouldn't mind them maybe throwing Peyton Krebs on the wing up there and see how that works. Because I think if there's anybody on this team that's earned a promotion, it's Peyton Krebs. You know, I think uh, throwing any one of those two guys down on that, on that, uh, on that line with Gergensons and Akposo, it would do their get their game like a lot of help. You know, you know, maybe help them level up, like much like it has Peyton Krebs. You see how he plays a lot of grit and a lot of like sandpaper, as you know. Uh, and we all know his offensive ability. Like he, you know, I think he's a very gifted offensive player who's just going to keep growing into his body, keep putting on weight, keep putting on muscle. And now that he has that little edge to him, 
I think he's going to be a force to be reckoned with as well. Like I just, but if there's any guy that does deserve a promotion, uh, if a guy were to come out of that second line, I, I vote for Peyton Krebs personally. Um, I, I think the Tyson Yost, Olofsson, uh, middle stat line. And I put, I tweeted it out yesterday too. I am deleting the tweet. I don't like deleting tweets, but, um, uh, I even thought middle stack could move down to that line. Uh, and, and it's not, and that's not an indictment uh, against middle stat. I just think that, you know, to get that guy to the next level, maybe you do for him what you've done for Peyton Krebs by putting him with that Gergensen's and Akposa line, a line that, you know, you could add some offensive flair to, but at the same time, you, you, you grind out shifts. You know what I mean? You, you play a physical game. You play a shutdown game. Uh, not saying he needs to be a better defensive player. I mean, who, you, know, you could always be, be a better defensive player. But I think he just it, it helps you add a component to your game that you maybe you didn't have before, which Peyton Krebs didn't play with before, and now he does, and he he is an absolute pest out there, and I love it. Uh, but you know, but again, if if you were to have my vote, um, I would move Krebs up to that second line because I guess if there's any guy that's earned it, it's him. Uh, third line continues to play well after starting the season very poor. Nice development, and not a surprise it, it coincides with the win streak. Absolutely, Nick. I I, I listen. Um, Again, that addition of Tyson Yost off waivers, that's really, you know, that's a very, like, an unsung signing by Buffalo, right, from Kevin Adams. He's really brought a different dynamic, a defensively-minded style to that third line because that's one of the things he thrived at was playing a good 200-foot hockey game um, that maybe he didn't get enough credit for, you you know, previously before coming to Buffalo. And he's a great penalty killer. So, you know, adding that dynamic to that line, uh, a guy like Tyson, or I'm sorry, like Victor Olson, who's been kind of dogged a little bit for his five on five play. Uh, you add a guy like Tyson Yost, who can play a good 200 foot game, you know, has really brought out the best in offensively in, in Victor Olson, you know, as him not just being a power play anymore, a guy who can score five on five. Maybe the assists don't show it, but you know, he's the guy that gets set up for the goals on that line. It's not middle stat, it's not, you know, it's not Yost. It, it, it's Olsen and the guy is one of the, has one of the hottest hands in the NHL right now. Uh, you know, I 23, 23 goals that I, uh, I, I don't know how, I think he's, he has, he's scored in every game in the last five or six, except for one uh, guy has been absolutely on a tear. Um, Dylan Baird, Tyson's played very well. Absolutely. Tyson, you know, he, again, a very unsung hero type player right now for this team, a guy who just comes in, plays an honest game, you know, takes care of business in his own end and is, you know, is very good on the puck, very good, you know, and he's helped turn that line into a line that can drive play up and down the ice. Um, he has been a difference maker in both middle stat, in my opinion, middle stat and uh, Victor Olsen's play this season. Uh, you mentioned uh, Timo Meyer tonight. I think we should go after someone like JT Miller, Debrinkat, or Bertuzzi. I mean, Debrinkat isn't going anywhere out of Ottawa. Uh, he just, you know, he was, you know, First year there, there are team that's rebuilding to Brinkett's, uh, you know, very young still. Uh, I, I don't see him leaving Ottawa. Um, Bertuzzi, yeah, maybe. Um, yeah, I, 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 could, I could see that, maybe. Um, and um, what was the third name you said? Oh, JT Miller. He has such a heavy contract. I don't see them moving that deal. Uh, is it nine, 10 million? Um, I, lo- I would love, you know, JT Miller at a discount. I, mean, I think Vancouver would have to eat some of that contract if they were to move him out. I would love, I would love him at a discount because I'm always a big believer in adding more center depth. I and mean, he's a guy that can play center or wing. 
uh, thrives at both. So I've been a big advocate about JT Miller, even though this season he's taken some criticism for what's going on in Vancouver. Um, you know, the debacle with Bruce Boudreau and how they treated him on his way out the door was, was shameful, uh, more than shameful. I mean, I don't know if there's a word to describe how they treated Bruce Boudreau at the door, but, um, you know, that, that's a team that's in full rebuild mode. Um, I mean, I could see them trapping JT Miller, but I think you're going to see other faces leave Vancouver before Miller. Guys like Bo Horvat, who, you know, hasn't signed a new contract yet and will be a UFA. Uh, Brock Besser, who's continuously on the block. And the only two, uh, two you know, guys that, you know, you guarantee aren't getting moved out of there are Elias Pedersen and Quinn Hughes. Um, our fourth line in Ocposo Krebs Gergen says great is great. The effort line. Yeah. You know, they, they hustle out there, Dylan, they hustle. Um, and that's, you know, again, when I say move players down to that line, it's not an indictment of them. It's more or less, what more can we get out of this player that by putting them, putting this guy with those two, because Gergensen has the ability to play center too. He's drafted as a center. He's interchangeable. Like, can we throw this guy down on that line with, with these two and get more out of them? You know, Add add a component to their game that maybe wasn't there before, um, and I think that's a that's a line that you could do that with. You know, again, you've seen what it's done for Peyton Krebs. Um, I want to see more of that from guys like Quinn Paterka, even Casey Middlestat. Casey Middlestat was great, but uh, if you can add that component to Casey's game, that that edge, that ability to play a tough physical game and not get up, knocked off pucks as easily does sometimes, I think you're going to have a hockey player that you're going to want to keep around for a while. I really, really do. And I've been a big critic of Casey Middlestat, admittedly so. And I still will be uh, until I see more out of him. But he's played very, very well, very, very well over the last month. I, I will not deny that. He you know, has contributed very well to that third line. And they're all each piece, each piece of their line, you know, the way they feed off each other, um, the way they play good defensive mind hockey and they drive play and they're able to contribute offensively, especially over the last couple of weeks. Um, I, I, you can't deny it. So in case he's a big part of that, um, that second period was the best Sabres hockey I've seen in years. Yeah. Jeff, I hundred percent, man. Like I'm embarrassed to say I fell asleep for like two minutes. It's a long day at work. I dozed off. I was doing this a couple of times. Uh, when it was zero zero, and I woke up just before Tuck, uh, I'm not, sorry, Tage Thompson scored that second goal. And I was like, I'm so glad I did because that was phenomenal. That was so, so fun to watch. You know, tic tac, Tage Thompson, right? So that line, again, I think is the best line in hockey right now. Um, you know, you can argue other lines too, but I, I for me, it, it's that line. Um, <clears throat> the Dominator 3 9. They can never make it easy. Great game from Comrie. Tyson has been so good since he's got here. Yeah, again, huge pickup by Kevin Adams. I, I love the Tyson Yost uh, love in the uh, comments here. And the comments just keep coming, and I love it. Uh, Granado said Cousins would have gotten back on the ice. Yep, if there was more time on the clock. Yep, uh, we saw that uh, as reported by Lance Lysowski. Um, Call me crazy, but what could you but could what could you see Ryan O'Reilly coming back? if he gets healthy by the deadline for a mid-round pick. I mean, it's possible. He's a UFA. Probably wouldn't cost you much, and I'm sure they'd be happy to get that, that contract off their books, you know, at least some of it. Um, sure. I mean, nothing's impossible. Excuse me. Nothing's impossible, but I don't know. Um, is Ryan O'Reilly the guy 
that is going to come in here and especially with his past here in Buffalo, you know, I don't think, you know, he would bring that type of mojo to the locker room, you know, much like what was going on. I think there was a lot more to it than that. Um, the whole losing the love for the game. I think it was a moment of brutal honesty on his part. And I can't blame a player for being honest. You know, how could you be happy with the way things were going at the time when he was a Buffalo Sabre? Um, I don't know how much adding Ryan O'Reilly to this lineup is going to help uh, improve. You know, I think Kevin Adams might be thinking bigger. I, you have to add something to the blue line. You can't keep continuously having to expect guys like, you know, Jacob Bryson and Cal Clay to come in here and play big time minutes. Um, I think you need to add a really blue chip blue liner to uh, especially that second unit with Owen Power. It's, a, it's, it's just it's a broken record. We keep having that conversation. So I think that's one of the moves you would absolutely make to improve this hockey team. Um, definitely on defense. And I love the talk about Timo Meyer. You know, Timo Meyer, very slow start to the season, one goal in 10 games, but then he scored 27 over the next 39. I mean, that's elite sco- goal scoring ability. And adding another 30 goal score to this lineup of where you're already going to have potentially five, I mean, come on. And it depends, you know, you know what is it going to cost? Well, here's the thing. Over the last two seasons, you've used all five of your first-round draft picks that you acquired either by, you know, from being a bad hockey team or from, you know, trades. And you've drafted Owen Power. You've drafted Isaac Isaac Rosine, um, Matthew Savoy, Yuri Kulik, and Noah Oslin. Um, the probability of all five of those guys being, like, full-time contributors to the Sabres is probably a little bit lower. In fact, I, th- I think it's more likely than not that when you draft that many guys in the first round, as, you know, especially when you have already so many young role players on your team right now that are, you know, kind of blocking the way and already building this team to be a playoff contending team this season, that makes it more likely that one of those guys are probably get moved out. It's just a, the, it's just a business. It's the business of the game. You know, you want to make your team better. Well, how do you make your team better in the now? You find teams that are you know, either dumping, you know, a player because they're looking to rebuild much like what San Jose is doing or Vancouver. And you give them assets, either assets of draft pick or a draft pick, a young player or both. And this for a guy like Timo Meyer, it's going to cost you both. So what's Timo Meyer worth to you? He's going to be worth probably anywhere between eight and a half to nine and a half million a year. Do you want to put that on your books? And, um, how well would he fit in on this team? Because I don't think you touch that first line. There's no way you could justify breaking up that first line. They're too good. So you're talking, look at your second line. Okay. So you've seen some success out of JJ Paterica, Jack Quinn and Dylan cousins, but you could use a little bit more goal scoring on the wing. It's not, it's not like Jack Quinn and JJ Paterica have played so well that you can't justify taking on that line. Like you can tuck Skinner and Thompson. So that's where I think you would fit in your Timo Meyer there uh, for sure is on that second line. And that could be fun. That could be a lot of fun. So I don't know. We'll see. Uh, you hear the rumors circulate about, about Kevin Adams and the Sabres around Timo Meyer. I don't know if it's true or not, but for me, the first thing I think you should fix is your blue line. Uh, Timo Meyer second. That's just me. Um, 
Dwayne, what do you think the ceiling of our second liners in their career? Quite early to tell. And what should we do with our depth at center in the prospect pool? Nice problem to have, though. Yeah, as I said, I was just addressing that. Um, you drafted, if I believe Rosine is a center, you've drafted four centers out of your last five first-round draft picks. So I mean, you have a, a wealth of riches at the position now, where in the past you haven't had that at all. You haven't had that luxury. So for me, again, it's hard to believe that you're going to use all of those players and have them be full-time contributors to your, to your franchise. So I think the best way to make them contribute is you swap them out for a player that's ready to go now. Um, Paterka and Quinn, Paterka's 200 game is phenomenal. He's a fun player to watch. He, he is on, he's a hundred, he's going 110%, 100% of the time. Fun player to watch. You know, Jack Quinn's been brought in to be a goal scorer. He's cooled off quite a bit uh, since the start of the season. Um, that's the guy I think if you get going, you know, this team is going to be a lot more dangerous. He has a very lethal shot. He has a knack for being around the net, but he just hasn't been able to be a little bit snake bitten uh, recently. I had to look at his numbers when the last time he scored a goal was. I, I don't know offhand, but um, I think they're both very capable 25 plus, 20 to 25 plus goal scorers, especially Jack Quinn. Um, given power play time, uh, given, you know, you know, more ice time as more he has to put more size on and grows into his body and learns to play this level of the pro game. I, I truly do believe you're looking at a 25 or more goal scorer, Jack Quinn. Paterka, I mean, I'm not saying he's not capable of scoring 25 or more, but I see him as like a guy who could play on a shutdown line with offensive flair, with some offensive flair to him. Uh, definitely a 20 goal scorer, you know, um, but he's going to be more of a guy down the line that you could throw out there against a team's top line and he's going to help shut them down. That, that That's the player he's bred to be. I'm not going to say he's a future Selkie trophy winner, but when I look at JJ Paterka and I watch him play the hustle he plays with, uh, you know, he plays a little bit of an edge as well, not a ton, but for a rookie he does. Um, I, and he does have some score goal scoring ability. That's undeniable. So, I see him as a you know, potential, you know, multi twenty goal scorer uh, with the potential of being better than that. Um, that that's my opinion of JJ Paterka. Love the channel, brother. Got to head out, but keep it up. Hey, Jeff, thank you for popping in, man. Especially after a big win like this, five in a row. Uh, you know, let's keep rolling here, uh, Matt. For the blue line, I say Fowler. Cam Fowler would be a great. You know, uh, I'm not sure what his, the rest of his deal looks like at Anaheim, but you know, I know. Buffalo was pretty big on him the last time he was available. Cam Flower would be a great addition. I'm not sure, you know, what his numbers look like right now in Anaheim. Again, I'll, I'll plead ignorance there. But he's a very capable, offensively gifted defenseman uh, that I think would add a lot. Uh, for me, also, well, I would like to find the Samuelson, uh, you know, you know, find find Owen Power Samuelson. You know what I mean? Uh, find the guy who is going to help him blossom into the defenseman that we know he's capable of being. Uh, to give him that ability to do more of what we've seen the last couple week week offensively, uh, find the guy that gives him the ability to do that. Uh, Four million seven goals seventeen. Is that Fowler? Okay, but that's probably you're, you're probably referring to Cam Fowler. I mean, yeah, for four million dollars, seven seven goals seventeen. He's having a fantastic season. I love Cam Fowler, especially now that I know those numbers. Absolutely, sign me up all day for Cam Fowler. Uh, I think he adds a lot. To, he would add a lot to this team. Uh, I'm not sure of his age, but I don't know. We'll see. Uh, 
but hey, listen, I um I, I I look at this team and what they're developing into, and I think this is a playoff team this year. I really, really do. I think they're a team that you know might be better than a wild card team. I know we're talking about just sneaking in the wild card right now, but with uh, I don't know how many games play we have, how many games we have left, but you know, with the amount of games we have left, why not? Why not look for better than that? You know what I mean? Like, why, why, why settle for the wild card? Let's go bigger. You know, I can't wait till we play the Leafs and really like stick it up their hoop because I've I don't think I've ever been more other than the Heritage Classic game right after you know we we beat Jack Eichel on his return to Buffalo. I don't think I've ever looked forward more forward to a matchup against the Leafs than I do now. Uh, I hope they're wearing the goat head jersey that night, you know, bring back memories for all the Sabres fans that, you know, lived through those late nineties, early 2000 years. Um, I, I want the Leafs, man. I want them so bad. I really, I really want to punch them right in the mouth. I really, really do. Um, more from Matt got to sign off. Just remember Jack Eichel screw Jack Eichel. Absolutely. He did. Jack Eichel did screw Jack Eichel. Uh, now I'm going to go over the box score here for you guys. Um, Again, 3-2 win for the Buffalo Sabres. Uh, Rasmus Dahlin continuing his chase to Carlson and putting himself right in there, in my opinion, you know, as one of the top candidates for the Norris Trophy. Two assists for him tonight. Jeff Skinner with two more assists. He's on a, like a six- or seven-game point streak. Tage Thompson with a goal and assist. I believe he's on a point streak as well, along with Alex Tuck, who had an assist tonight. Victor Olsen with a goal. Owen Power with a goal. Uh, and that was really it for scoring. And Eric Comrie, 19 saves on 21 shots. For the Winnipeg Jets, the bad guys. Oh, excuse me. Blake Wheeler, uh, two assists. Pierre-Luc Dubois, a goal. Uh, Lowry with an assist. Mark Scheifele with an assist. And Nate Schmidt, the man who put Dylan Cousins out of the game. And it, it wasn't intentional, in my opinion. It was more accidental. My, again, my opinion. Uh, with a goal tonight as well. The first goal of the game. And then Connor Hellebuck. 33 saves on 36 shots against. And honestly, they would have had that, that game would have been a lot worse if it was for Connor Hellebuck. Connor played phenomenal. Phenomenal. So the Dominator 39. Imagine how insane the Byron is going to be when we get to the playoffs. I know. Listen, I want to make this point too. If they pull out a win against Minnesota and Minnesota on Saturday, we need to pack that arena to the brim when they return home on February 1st against Carolina, that place needs to be loud. That place needs to be rocking. The excitement level needs to be off the fucking charts. You, we, we, it has to be, um, to be on a six game heater coming back to Buffalo, you know, chasing a playoff spot for the first time in what, 11 seasons, that place needs to be absolutely electric. You cannot uh, us as Sabres fans. Yeah. Let me see what day of the week that is. February 1st. Let's take a quick look. Uh, February 1st is a Wednesday. Wednesday or not, that place needs to be sold out. That place needs to be rocking. There's no excuses. If we're on a six-game winning streak, even if we're not, the place needs to be rocking. Welcome these guys back, especially after what we dealt with just this now as Bills fans. That place needs to be off the fucking hook. We cannot let them down. They need us just as much as we need them. So we need to fill that place, make it loud, and make the walls fucking shake. Sabres fans, this is on us now. You know, they've put the product on the ice. Can it be better some nights? Absolutely. Will it get better? Absolutely. But now it's on us. We have to show out now. 
There's no more excuses. That arena needs to be at near capacity every single fucking home game from here on out. There's no more excuses. We need to show up for this team because they show up for us every goddamn night or every goddamn day whenever they met in a game. Sorry about all the goddamns. But uh, it's time It's time for us to show up for this team. They've shown up for us finally after a decade of misery and mediocrity. It's time for us to show up for them. So February 1st, I'll probably get tickets. Uh, I expect to see a lot of Sabres fans, fellow friends, either that I've seen in the comments here or, you know, my own friend, personal friends that I either just watch games with or play hockey with. Uh, we'll be there. It's time to show up for this fucking hockey team and make this team, you know, a playoff team again. Let's go, right? Uh, another uh, tickets are 50 bucks right now for February 1st. That's not bad at all. That is not bad at all. So, you know, I'll be there. Uh, we'll probably see UPL return of the net. And uh, I, I can't wait. I genuinely can't wait, man. It's, you know, probably the most I've looked forward to a, just a, a random home game in a while. And then this is just the road to Toronto, right? Toronto here at Key Bank Center in Buffalo. Let's make it feel like 1999 again. You know, when we were absolutely dominating the Leafs, you know, in the Goathead jerseys. So uh, I'm super, I'm super fucking pumped. Um, and again, Minnesota's not, is not, is, is, is a tough task. You know, they have a great hockey team. Um, you know, Marcus Foligno, Buffalo born and bred, uh, a guy I miss sorely. I wish I could have him back on my team, especially this team. Um, you know, that team is a tough physical hockey team and, uh, it's not going to be easy to get six in a row. You know, I'll tell you right now, it's going to be a tight game. It's going to be a physical game. Um, and hopefully Buffalo answers, you know, answers the call, you know, no matter who's in that, you know, it's great to have this three goalie carousel of goalies that are all going to play well, but you got to answer the bell physically. Uh, I, I, that's the one part of our game. I think that maybe, you know, we lack a little bit just because again, I, I said it earlier and there were a couple of times in that second period and the third period where Winnipeg would get physical with us and, you know, it would cause problems in our own end. So, um, you know, a few more comments here. Let's see here. Oh, actually, no, that was the last comment. Um, just kicking off 40 minutes here with you guys. Um, again, we'll talk a little bit more trade stuff here for a few minutes, but uh, the, with the deadline less than a month away, I don't know what to expect. You know, you have to imagine with how this team is playing right now, how can Kevin Adams just continue to expect to grow internally? Like you have a playoff team on your hands. You're, you're finally getting the goaltending that you need consistently to be a playoff team. So you can't ignore that. You can't, you can't straight up Brandon Bean it and do nothing at the deadline. I'm sorry to take a shot at Brandan Bean, but he virtually did nothing productive at the deadline. I mean, you didn't use Naeem Hines at all. Uh, and Dean Marlowe was a plug and play player who <clears throat> didn't contribute very much until, you know, what the Miami game. So, uh, you know, I, I, we need, need, need to make a move at the deadline, I think, or even before the deadline. I've heard before the deadline. So um, what is it, you know, is it, you know, looking for weaponizing your cap space? You're expected to have over $30 million in cap space after this season. Do you weaponize the cap space? Take on, a, take on a, a, a player, a bad contract in exchange. Maybe you get a player off that team that you want at a little bit more of a discounted price. Um, maybe, a team looking to rebuild that uh, 
we'll, you know, we'll just give you a contract. You know, much kind of like what Vegas did with Minnesota with Marc-Andre Fleury. They just literally gave Fleury away for nothing. You know, do you do something like that where they're just giving you a player for taking on the entirety of contract that has happened? They traded him for they traded the, the reigning Vesna trophy at the time for future considerations. Do you do that? Because you have the ability to do that on a, on a player that whose contract is going to be expiring or, you know, will be expiring after one more season. Um, there's a lot that they can do. Um, make no bones about it. Like You need to improve the blue line. I think you need some more help uh, down the middle. Um, and uh, I think that if you do those two things, I think you're a, you're a sure as shit playoff team. I really do. So is that in the form of Tio Meyer? Is that in the form of Jacob Chikrin, Joel Edmondson? Um, I know Matt mentioned a couple of times, uh, you know, Cam Fowler. Um, he's at a, a decent price tag. I'm not sure how much time he has left on that deal with Anaheim, but that's another guy's name. You know, Eric Carlson is going to throw, throw around, the, around the league as a guy who's probably going to – they're looking to ship off his contract. A very difficult – I think what he makes like 11 million is an 11 or 12 million in a season. Insane deal. A guy who's had a lot of trouble staying healthy, but you know, he's leading the race for the Norris trophy right now and has, has having like a, a resurgence year. You know, he's, you know, comeback player of the year, I guess you could even say, um, excuse me. What the old whistle here, but um, yeah, I, uh, there's a lot of directions they can go in. Um, you know, Vancouver with Brock Besser, or Bo Horvat. Bo Horvat's going to be looking to sign a long-term deal. He's a guy that's probably going to want seven, eight million a year. A guy that would help us greatly down the middle. Uh, you know, Tyler Meyer's name, even though I've mentioned a couple times, his name gets thrown on a lot. A guy who's only making $1 million next season. A guy who on a very bad Vancouver team, his numbers aren't terrible. Um, Joel Edmondson out of Montreal, a guy who is six foot five. He's a built like a brick shit house. And uh, I think would look phenomenal again if the the the, the right hand left hand shot works out. I'm not sure uh, if it would work out, but with him and Owen Power, that would that'd be I would love that. Um, and then of course we talk about Jacob Chickren, the guy whose name is always in this conversation, uh, a guy who you know um, is on a very team friendly deal. He gets four or four and a half million a season for the next two seasons. Uh, very team-friendly deal, which is why the asking price is so high because he is on a deal like that. A guy who's also dealt with some injuries, but you know, uh, doesn't want to be in Arizona anymore. Wants to go somewhere where he's going to win, um, and I don't blame him. You know, that has been a difficult situation for him in Arizona, a team that's always constantly rebuilding. Uh, they're playing at a friggin' Arizona State University right now. Um, can't be fun. Can't be fun for such a high-level hockey player that, that he is, especially when he's healthy. Um, there's a lot of names thrown out there and you know, I'll take a look right here real quick. Some of the top names, the guy, uh, guy's name that was thrown out in one of my group chats was Luke Shen, a veteran defenseman. I think that would be a good signing. He costs you next to nothing. And, uh, you know, he'd probably be a phenomenal third pairing defenseman. Uh, so, uh, let's see here. NHL trade rumors. This is really a uh, professional, right? Uh, da, 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 da. Updated five days ago from sports, uh, NBC Sports. Oh, this is a uh, Bruins trade targets. No, nah, I don't want that. NHL rumors daily. Updated 14 minutes ago. Uh, Blues captain opens up about ongoing trade rumors. So Ryan O'Reilly is one of the names 
that's really on top of the list. Um, can we get like a, can we get like a, a oh, come on, where is it? Where is it? NHL trade rumors. Give me an updated list. Give me an updated list. I don't, I don't care about who's staying who with where. Um, give me one moment here, guys. This is so professional. Let's see here. Uh, okay, let's see here. Uh, okay, so out of Columbus, there's a lot of chatter, and I heard this earlier today too. Uh, of around Vladislav Gavrikov. Uh, has been targeted by the Oilers a lot with Joel Edmondson of, uh, you know, the Montreal Canadiens be another option. This is from David Pagnota from the fourth period. Um, you know, Edmonton has got a team that's trying to build for a playoff run. You know, they're going to have a lot of, a lot to answer for if they get bounced early again this year. Uh, Bo Horvat or Jonathan Teus on the trade market as well. Jesse Poliar, Jesse Poliarvi, who we've seen constantly in trade talks, having another down year. A guy who's like kind of reported like you want to see him get a change of scenery because you think you can get a lot more out of him. So there's like a lot of names out there right now. Like I mentioned a few already: Jacob Chikrin, Timo Meyer, uh, you know Eric Carlson, and then you have Vladislav uh, Gavikov, uh, Joel Edmondson, um, you know Bo Horvat, Brock Besser, Johnny Tayus. You know I'm sure we'll hear a lot about Patty Kane over the next couple weeks uh, for sure. You know their future in Chicago along with Tayus. There's a lot to talk about. Uh, a few more comments here. What was the expected team timeline for you from you personally? I felt that they were good enough for an exciting 80 to 86 points, but outside of the race, regardless of the outcome, the season is a success. Absolutely a success. If you're a team that is barely on the outside looking at a playoff run, that is a, 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 a successful season. But I think where we're at right now with how good this team has played and how much better they're capable of playing, I think it would – I'm not going to say it would be a failure to not make the playoffs, but I think at this point in the season, a responsible GM has to do everything they can to get this team in the playoffs. Cause I think they can be dangerous because once you get to, once you get, you know, into the seven game series, again, at the Stanley cup, there's a reason it's the hardest trophy to win in all of hockey. But once you get into the playoffs, honestly, anything can happen. A goal, you can get on a hot streak. You know, you, you let that top line of Tage Thompson, Tuck and Skinner, go to fucking work and, you know, go win you games. Goalies can win you games. Um, we all saw what Carey Price was able to do for the Montreal Canadiens the year they went to the finals. Uh, you know, he was the biggest reason why they were there. You know, you get a hot goalie plus a team that can score. This is one of the highest scoring. I'm, I'm not sure if they're the highest scoring team again in the NHL, but they were for over a month. And they're damn, they're still damn close to it. Um, from Chris Dirk. Uh, great game by the team as a whole. Olsen still rolling power three straight games with a goal. Carmen finally getting a W. Sorry, I missed your recap last time. I was knocked out after I made my video. No problem, Chris. I'll get. I'll, I'll text you back too, but I tell your text. Don't worry, I'll get back to you. Um, Kane as a target this offseason would cost much more to trade for him now. Hundred percent. I, I had this discussion earlier too. Um, there is no reason to trade for Patrick Kane right now if you're if you're Kevin Adams. If you really want Patrick Kane, you go have those conversations in the offseason, but it's going to cost you way, way, way too much as a rental 
unless it's like a you know a, 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 a sign and trade. But as a player, I would much rather pursue in the offseason. It's going to cost you way, way, way too much uh, at the trade deadline to bring to get Patrick King. But they would also be foolish, absolutely foolish, to not trade one of those two, Devin Teus or Patrick Kane, because you would get a ransom for him, an absolute ransom. Um, trying to find some more trade targets here. Um, pushing on midnight here. Here on, uh, I'll hang up and listen. And again, I always appreciate you guys always sticking around, always sharing your comments. This has been one of the fun ones we've had here in a while. Not that the previous ones haven't been fun, but uh, this one for sure. More, more, you know, after you know you win your fifth game in a row, you're looking at six on Saturday against uh, against uh, the Minnesota Wild. Uh, how can you not be excited for this hockey team right now? Let's come on, come on. There we go. There we go. Let's see here. From Specters Hockey. Let's see what they have to say. Uh, I guess I'll accept the cookies. Am I supposed to accept cookies? I don't know. Uh, NHL Rumor Mill uh, from Lyle Richardson. Check out the latest on Ryan O'Reilly, Bo Horvat, you know, yada, yada, yada. And these are things that we've already read. So. Um, I don't know much about Spectres hockey personally, but you know, Ryan O'Reilly being a guy that's on the trade block, uh, has a $7.5 million cap hit. Um, obviously I don't think that they'll be able to, uh, you know, they'll have to retain some of that deal. Uh, right now he, you know, he's been sidelined with a broken foot since, uh, you know, probably until, you know, the middle of February and per Darren Drager report on Tuesday night that Riley is officially in play in the trade market, D- gentlemen, or Doug Armstrong could be gauging the market on the 2019 Consumite Trophy winner and in discussions if discussions fail to produce a new contract by the trade deadline. It's believed that the Blues prefer to retain their captain, but he'll have to accept a short-term contract with lower salary. Hit. I mean, that will be expected, especially with the season he's had. Uh, Nick Kipros is hearing that Dallas Stars and New Jersey Devils are among the teams that could be aggressively pursue Canucks captain Bo Horvat. He said both clubs want an extended playoff run this spring and seem willing to pay for it. That's a guy, a guy that you're probably going to get as a rental. I don't think he's going to be a guy who's going to sign, you know, sign upon trade. You know, it's a guy that you're going to have to try and sign in the off season. Um, and again, that's just my opinion. Um, let's see here. Islanders, Ian Chikrin, uh, New York Islander hockey.com. Steven Roser cited at Sportsnet's Elliot Freeman reporting that someone told him the Islanders were looking around at Jacob Chikrin. He could be, he said they'd previously had an interest in the 24 year old Arizona Coyotes defenseman. However, Freeman doesn't think the Islanders should pay the Coyotes high asking price. I don't think anybody's going to pay that asking price. It's really insane. Um, you know, two, two, two first round picks are the equivalent of two first round picks, rostered players now. And I think more draft picks on top of that. I don't think any team is paying that. That's a lot for a guy, even if he's under contract, a uh, guy who's dealt with injuries. Um, he worth it if he stays healthy, but that's the big question mark, is it not? Um, uh, Sammy Silber reported Anthony Mantha's recent scratching from the Capitals lineup sparked trade rumors about the 28-year-old Ford. One of them had the Montreal Canadiens shipping Joel Edmondson to the Capitals. For Mantha, I remember Mantha was, uh, I think Mantha was involved in that blockbuster trade deadline deal uh, a couple years ago uh, out of Detroit, I'm pretty sure, if I remember correctly. It was like right at 4 p.m. or 3 p.m. when it went down. However, a source told Silver that they haven't had any trade discussions involving Mantha between those two clubs. 
the often injured Mathos had a frustrating season at Washington. He's unhealthy, but managed just nine goals for 24 points in 46. That is a disappointment for sure. So again, you know, this would be a fun trade deadline for, for the Buffalo Sabres. For us as Sabres fans, like it's going to be a lot of fun uh, to, you know, really speculate who's going where, you know, who's being shipped out, who are we shipping, where, who are we targeting? I cannot wait for our trade deadline edition show. You know, I'll be going out with you live hundred uh, percent. We're pushing on an hour here. Uh, we're going to probably close things out here in a few minutes. A few more uh, comments here. The only reason I see the Sabres wanting Ryan O'Reilly back is to win face-offs. We had a strong night tonight, but the, the dot, but the Sabres are still 45% on the season. I mean, yeah, hundred percent, you know, but here's the thing. Um, outside of the face-offs, you know, are you getting everything you want to move the needle forward with this team outside of face-offs with Ryan O'Reilly and your team? I don't know. I, I really don't. The guy has had, again, a frustrating season coming off a broken foot. Um, is he the guy that you want to bring for in for, you know, a run of the playoffs? I don't know. Um, as the one of the highest scoring teams in the NHL, I want to add a guy who's going to help us continue to score more. But I also want a guy that's going to help us, uh, you know, help us on our blue line. But I, you can't deny that faceoffs have been an issue, um, especially on the defensive zone draws. Uh, faceoffs matter a lot in this league, and if you can't win draws and you give up puck possession, um, especially on special teams, um, it's going to hurt you. It's definitely going to hurt you. So, um, with that being said, guys, I'm going to wrap things up. Actually, I don't. I mean, I got a lot of viewers here now uh, on YouTube, and I don't really want to wrap things up. I'm having a lot of fun right now. So, uh, you know. What do you guys want to talk about? You know, tell me the, tell, you know, tell me, give me, give me some stuff to talk about here in the, in the peanut gallery. I know you guys are capable. The guys are watching type in some stuff, give me some topics. Uh, I'm having a lot of fun right now. Let's see here. Do, 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 nothing. Come on. Give me something. No. All right. Well, uh, Listen, guys, I've had a lot of fun tonight. Um, you know, we're, again, we're closing in here on midnight right now. Getting a little tired. But, hey, let's go Sabres, right? Um, they're making Kevin Kevin Adams' job really difficult because for a guy who wants to develop internally, how can you possibly deny that you this team could be a playoff team and that you want to improve it? You're not doing your job as a GM, in my opinion, if you don't find a way to improve this team. Uh, going into this next stretch of games because they're all important. Every point matters from here on out. Uh, there we go, Nick. I know you wouldn't let me down. What's the goalie situation the next few years? Who becomes the future starter? Um, that's a good question. UPL has shown that he's a capable starter right now, but my issues with UPL aren't, you know, his ability to stop pucks. Uh, you know, it's, you know, his inability sometimes to stay healthy. He's had a lot of hip issues, already had double hip surgery at this point in his career. Um, does he have the ability to handle, you know, a 50 plus game workload over the course of a season? Personally, I think the future of this team is Devin Levi hundred percent. Um, he's the guy who I think, uh, you know, he's having another phenomenal year at Northeastern, um, nominated for the Mike Richter award again. Uh, he just had back to back, uh, hockey East goalie of the week, uh, awards. So, um, it's third, I think it's like his seventh of his uh, college career and his third of the season guy owns that award essentially. 
But have another great year in Northeastern. Uh, we had John Booch across Bucci Main on the two goalies on Mike uh, about a little over a week ago. And he even mentioned that, you know, if this team was, you know, uh, a team that wasn't expected to make the playoffs, you know, Devin would probably sign pro. I'd expect he would sign his pro contract at the end of the season. He might even get a few games in Buffalo, but maybe not right now. I think he's a guy that's going to go to Rochester and thrive and learn the pro game. I think Devin Levi is the future net. Just my opinion. Uh, Levi has comps to Miller. No, he does. Uh, maybe not in size and stature, but Levi's, I think Devin Levi's uh, comparison to Ryan Miller is all up here. Um, they're mental games. They, you know, we saw a lot of that with Ryan Miller and how he talked about people, other players talked about how he saw the game, how he prepared. Terry Pagula had a story about how, the first time he met Ryan Miller, he asked about his mental preparation and Miller walked out with tons of notebooks on different players notes. He took over his time with Buffalo and Terry was blown away, but that's who Ryan Miller was. Ryan Miller was always the most prepared guy in the locker room. Nobody would be more prepared than Ryan Miller. Um, and for me, it's, uh, I don't know. I, I, I think right there is the biggest comparison because Devin, even though he's a little bit of a shorter goaltender, uh, I think he's one of the most strongest athletes, you know, up here. And I think that's where his game is going to thrive. Always, you know, over, you know, anticipating the play, seeing things before they happen, being one step ahead of the shooter. Uh, you know, that's where Ryan thrived. And I think that's where Devin's going to thrive. And that's where I think, you know, he's going to take size out of the equation for sure. So, um, they're going do we trade Portillo and Johnson's rights and maybe Victor to the, bring in a blue liner or a good season forward that will pay off in the long run? Um, I don't know. Um, I used to be a lot more confident about Eric Portillo signing to be a Buffalo Sabre. I don't know now. You see the rumors. I think it was out of, from Jeff Merrick uh, that Portillo will will test free agency after his third year is up. Um, I, I don't know. Ryan Johnson is in the same boat, but I, I thought I heard good things about him wanting to, wanting to sign after this season. I don't know. I could be wrong, but, um, yeah, I think you would have to, right? You don't want to lose somebody for nothing. Um, Victor, I have a hard time trading Victor Olsen right now, especially with one year left on his deal. I think you would get more for Victor Olsen at the deadline no matter what, especially, you know, maybe next year. But I have a hard time trading Victor Olsen right now with how he's playing, how, how, how the, like the clip he's putting the puck in the net at right now. That's a hard player to trade right now. Like, how can you, and, 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 you know, when you're trying to make the playoffs, how can you justify putting, trading a guy who's scoring consistently? Um, that's a tough call to make. I don't know. Um, we'll see. I, I, I will see. I, I have a tough time trading. Uh, I, I have a tough time trading Victor Olsen more so now than I was before. I was probably more inclined to trade Olsen before middle stat before. Now it's the other way around. Not that I want to trade middle stat because he's been playing great too. So uh, with that being said, guys, um, it's been a pleasure. Uh, unless somebody else has something for me. I think this is where I bid you all adieu. Uh, thanks for hopping out with me tonight, guys. Always a pleasure. Uh, remember, this is brought to you by Outlet Liquor, the place to buy a case over on George River Boulevard. Why waste? Don't haste. Go buy a case. For all your Sabres game night needs, uh, for your Super Bowl needs, um, 
and let's support this fucking hockey team, guys. Get out there on, you know, September or February 1st. Support this team when they return from this road trip. Make the wall sweat in, at, at Key Bank Center. Uh, they've shown out for us. Now it's time for us to show up for them. Uh, let's go Sabres. Uh, and we'll see you on Saturday night when they play at the Wild. I'll talk to you later. Hey, everybody, this is Dwayne from Two Goalies, One Mike, a show where we give you a behind-the-mask coverage of the greatest sport on earth, whether it be happening right here in Buffalo or around the hockey world. Now you might be thinking, Hey, Dwayne, why would I want to hear what you two idiots have to say about hockey? Well, first of all, rude. Second of all, we bring in coaches, players, analysts from your favorite programs from ESPN to Sportsnet to TSN. We're always on it. If you're a Sabres fan or just a hockey fan, you can download us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. And of course, you can check us out at trainwrecksports.com or the Dean Blundell Podcasting Network. Thank you for your support, guys, and I'll hang up and listen. everywhere the imagination dares it's for the open-minded the pleasure seeker it's jeff woods with the new podcast about relationships and sexuality theme-based with special guests the blue hotel hotline at every episode climaxes with an adult bedtime story get a room and listen in at the blue hotel Begins Friday, September 23rd. Hi, I'm Logan Anderson, host of the Say the Damn Score podcast. On my show, I deep dive into the sports broadcasting business by, you guessed it, talking to sportscasters. The show has featured big names like Bob Costas, Kenny Albert, and Vern Lundquist, as well as many up-and-coming broadcasters who you may not know yet, but you will know soon. Whether you're looking for professional development as a sportscaster, different career paths, or if you just want to be entertained by hearing some of the best storytellers in the world tell their own stories, this podcast is for you. You can subscribe to the podcast on all major podcast platforms, or you can visit our website, saythedamnscore.com.